You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be the host of the show. I'm going to introduce my co-host, but I'm going to lead with the question for Joe Pritchard. Joe, does CFL 2022 season make more sense to you now or less sense after last week's game? Yeah, that's it's starting to round into shape, I want to say. Oh, it is? Okay, okay. Because I was pretty shocked this week. I got most of my pick and picks wrong. That's not a huge surprise. But... I don't know. It was weird. I guess we should have been expecting most of these outcomes, and yet it still seemed kind of surprising to me in some respects. You can see the results in my fantasy team this week. I think I was going for an all-time low mark uh, this week in CFL Daily Fantasy Football. In any case, let's go through these games of last week and then talk about this week. Oh, and in between, we also get to talk playoff scenarios with Joe which is one of Joe's favorite parts of the show traditionally. It's so, the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> and it's not even fall yet. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the playoff scenarios are not much of a scenario. It's kind of like scenario. Uh, it's actually two scenarios, I suppose. Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> exactly. We, t- we shouldn't be starting this damn early, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are so good. Starting the week off, beating the Stampeders 31 to 29, 3 and 0 against the Stamps this season, sweep the regular season uh, series. But is a fourth meeting coming? We'll talk about that shortly. What can, I'd like to focus mainly on the Stampeders, Joe, because I'm sick of telling you how good your bombers are. What can you possibly do? If you're the Stampeders or a Stampeders fan at this point. Okay. Here's what we got so far. I got a lot of notes on this. Okay. So they've played them in three games. They've played 11. The Stamps have played 11 quarters of really good top-notch football in that time. They took this game down to the wire. They took one of these games down to the last play of the game. Uh, in this particular game, Jake Meyer came out there and reminded us, hey, this is that guy that completed a whole bunch of passes in a row uh, not too long ago. I set some kind of mark for that. Uh, in this game, 23 of 28 for 294 and three touchdowns, all to Malik Henry, zero picks, zero turnovers, unlike a certain other quarterback in another game that we're going to talk about here. Uh, Kadeem, Harry, and Peyton Logan both had outstanding games. They combined for 179 total yards on 22 touches of various sorts, passes, catches. I'm not even counting uh, Logan's run back yards. Even Cody Grace was awesome punting the ball. They even had an excellent coaching call. What do you think was going to happen when in the first quarter on third and one, they brought in Bo Levy? What did you think was going to happen there, Joe? I was just waiting to see what was going to happen. Right, because you're just like, wait a minute. This is bizarro Bo Levy here. He goes out on third and one, and yet they ran that really sweet, 
you know, run around by uh, around one side by Logan. So, I mean, like, like they, I mean, the stamps did virtually nothing seriously wrong in this game and they still lost. What do you do if you're the stamps fan? Sit back and wonder how it, how it came that the team that was doing that to everybody else about four or five years ago is now having it done to them. Oh, man. Like, I remember a lot of those stamps yeah. games, like 16, 17, 18, where like the other team would be like swinging haymakers all game long, all game long, all game long. And yeah, here are the stamps hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And then they just stick the dagger in you right near the end. That's how that worked for like three solid years straight. They weren't blowing the doors off of anybody, really. I mean, a few games a year, but not, you know, even when they were like 15-2-1, not a ton of those games were blowouts. Yeah, and now if, they're on the other side of that scenario. Yeah, but if they had played in this game and that first game against Calgary in particular, if they had played any other team in the CFL 2022, they would have won. They would have won handily. I mean, they are playing these games against Winnipeg as good as you Excellently. can. Excellently. As good as you can, yes. And they got They're three not losses making mistakes. They're just not making enough big plays. I guess. I guess. Or it's just, you know, the Bombers are just about unbeatable. <laughs> when they want to be. <laughs> well, they want to be this year. <laughs> All right. Moving on to... Toronto Argonauts 37, Hamilton Tiger Cats 20. And this is great because now I get to pick on the Tiger Cats. Uh, later on, we're going to have to pay for some foolish predictions that we made. But now we get to call out the Tiger Cats because last week on this show, I asked Joe, okay, so, you know, Matt Schultz is finally eating it up. He's really peeking out here. Do you go back to Dane Evans? And Joe said, I don't see how you can. Well, Sure enough, sure enough, they started this game uh, with Dane Evans. The results were awesome. I actually did this today. I went through it because uh, clearly I have just slightly too much time on my hands. I went through and analyzed uh, Schultz's work versus Dane Evans' work in this game. This is some amazing stuff. Okay, let's run through this real quick. Okay, when Matt Schultz was was quarterback, okay, Ticats' time of possession was 1040. They had 161 total yards of offense, eight first downs gained, one sack taken, and the Ticats outscored the Argonauts in that span 16 to 10. Now, when Dane Evan comes in, time of possession 27-28, which is one of the sick things about this game. How do you have the ball for 38 minutes and lose by this many points? I don't know. Okay. With Dane Evans, 291 total yards of offense, 17 first downs. Okay. Three interceptions, one fumble, three sacks taken. And the fumble was by Evans, by the way. Three sacks taken. The Argos outscored the Tiger Cats, probably not coincidentally, 27 to 4. And the reason why I say not coincidentally 27 to 4 is because that was how much the Tiger Cats got outscored in the second half in this game. Now we've been told that 
Schultz is out for a few weeks with the wrist injury he took in this game. What do you do if you're a Ticats fan, Joe? Pray. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that you come away from the Red Blacks win and you're like, hey, they've got two wins. They're right in this thing. Kind of. I mean, I guess they're two and a half games behind the Argonauts, right? So I guess they're kind of in this thing. But now all of a sudden, we have to talk about the Riders having one. Now, like, basically, I mean, come on. They're three games up on the crossover now, right? The crossover has suddenly become inevitable again, right? I mean, there's eight yeah, games left to pretty, play for both. It's of these pretty teams. well said, yes. Yeah, yeah. There's eight eight games left for all of these teams. I think. Wait, the the Ticats may have seven games left uh, for all of these teams. So, you know, a three game difference. That's it. We're done here. Uh, the Riders probably, although who knows with the BC Lions now, Riders probably going to cross over. Um, okay, given. <laughs> Given that the Ticats obviously did not want to play with Dane Evans at the quarterback, how much do we think of the Argos now? Even if they take out the Ticats again, win this four-game set three to one. Yeah, I mean, I could realistically that's the call there, is that they Fin- right. Is that they finish off the series right. pretty, pretty handily? Hamilton's not playing well. Right. They don't have the quarterback that's been the spark there. Right. So, it that's and a realistic the expectation. Win. I mean, but then anytime you've had expectations of the Argos taking the East over, what's happened? This is true. This is true. But we did talk about this at the beginning of this set, and I did say, "Geez, if the Argos go three and one." in this set this thing is over like the the tiger cats might as well count themselves out well they've already lost another game in addition to two and one so the tiger cats are pretty much out but how much credence can we give to the argos now is this all about the argos owls game and that's a, that's a likely thing i mean those are the two teams that well Montreal does have a propensity of shooting itself in the foot, too. So we can't completely count Hamilton out of all this, but realistically, we're looking at Toronto and Montreal as the two teams that are going to have a chance to chase first place and a home game to get to the Great Cup. So is Toronto a first place team? Somebody's got to be. And right now, Toronto is a team that's doing the least to hurt itself. Wow, you're really raining on my parade here. The Owls have played our best two games of the year, and we just we beat the bye this week. So you're 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 raining on my parade here, man. I think the Alouettes, for the first time in a long time, looked like a first place team. So I'm hoping that this pans out. However, you have to think that the Argos are going to beat the Ticats again next week. So you know we we the Owls fans are going to have to wait at least a couple more weeks for this to to actually be the case in the standings. Right. Game three. I guess this is the one that really made me sad for obvious reasons. Saskatchewan Rough Riders 23 at BC Lions 16. BC was all set for another Cinderella story with O'Connor in there at quarterback, but 
started out a shaky six of 15 got injured I, I don't know there was spec I don't know if we ever found out what this was about speculation was concussion concussion protocol take him out for the game I think after he starts six and 15 and then gets injured you take him out for the game anyway uh Antonio Pipkin comes in there we go here's another former Alouette starter goes nine of 17 for 112 yards touchdown fair enough um I guess we could be more positive here and say, wow, riders, huh? Frankie Hickson was great. Schaefer Baker is back. He took a few games off there, I uh, noticed. And only six penalties for the riders. Have the riders straightened things out? Do are, are, Is this a more legitimate playoff, deep playoff threat now? Hard to say. I want to see what they do against Calgary coming up. Well, it seems like they've righted the ship. I mean, I don't think I'm ready to say Cody Fajardo is a superstar again, but at least they're not self-destroying self-destructive anymore. We'll, well see in this game anyway. Right. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out over the month of September. The reason I say I'm worried. I want to see how they do against Calgary is because, um, it, that'd be at that point the potential race for second, third, fourth place in the West. I don't think Saskatchewan's going to be catching Winnipeg at this point. Uh, although BC is in play at this point again, uh, and Calgary's lost three games to Winnipeg and one to uh, Nathan Rourke being ridiculous and to nobody else. So I, w- I kind of want to see how that the two, three, four fall at this point before I'll say. Yeah, any any but any one of those three teams besides Calgary. I mean, at this point, Calgary Calgary is my number two in the West at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think they have to be. I think right. They have to be. Right. I, right. That right. that could change again in a week or two, depending right. on how BC's quarterback situation shakes out. And there's been some news about that that we'll get to. Uh, no, we're far, gonna get to this. We're gonna get to this right now. Right now. Uh, okay. Yeah, Vernon <laughs> Adams comes over to the Lions from the house, and I never would have guessed that at the beginning of the season, but few of us would have for a first round draft pick, which I kind of like as an house fan. And I to complete the circle of yeah, Montreal guess. sending a first round pick to BC <laughs> for Vernon Adams rights in the first place. <laughs> so awesome the way things shake out sometimes. I guess. Since we're not going to play him, I guess since we've given up on him, since we have new management that didn't, you know, select him in the first place, I guess this is the right move. Uh, I I'm pretty sure that we won't see Adams right away. Um, so there's talk that he's that BC's got to buy this week. There's talk he's play, right. he's playing in like ten days or whatever it is. At this point, I can I could believe that. Sure, why not? Why not? Antonio Pipkin has got to be, you know doing the Picard face palm at this point going, Oh my God, I'm behind this guy again. So I guess the real question is what happens to O'Connor here? We'll see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One wonders because wow, that was a short leash. I mean, if if Vernon Adams shows up and lights the world on fire, he's going to keep the job. If Vernon Adams shows up and doesn't light the world on fire, uh, it's all O'Connor's back in play. As if soon Vernon as he's Adams, healthy. 
if Vernon Adams is Vernon Adams, he is going to set the world on fire. <clears throat> it's just a question of whether he's trapped in the barn or not when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That there will be fireworks. There will be. It's yes. Just, who gets burned? And and the, and the CFL fan in me is like, I hope with those receivers and with his right. with, and with his mobility, we see some more ridiculousness out of BC's offense this year. Right now, this the, is the, the bomber fan in me is going. Maybe not. Let's not see that. <laughs> but like the CFL fan in me is like, that would be cool. <laughs> right. This is the thing with as fast paced and as energetic and, and with all those name players. I mean, Jesus, last week in fantasy with O'Connor, knowing that O'Connor was going to be the quarterback. The most three expensive wide receivers in the game were all BC. Okay. This is a great team for Vernon Adams if he plays with all that fearlessness and, and gunslinging action that he has in the past with Montreal. He kind of lost that edge a little bit this season, but who knows what was going on with the front office and the coaching situation at that point. And yeah, it was probably don't so, screw up. Right, right. Because we're going to take the first opportunity we have to take you out. Right, right, right. Because we don't like you, Vernon. <laughs> He's got that sort of Damocles over his head all season. So so we'll see. I mean, wow. I mean, if there was one team that you could plug Vernon Adams into, this is it. So no excuses for either front office or VA right now. Maybe in the first game. But after that, no excuses. All right. And finally, we ended with, Wow, kind of a slog to get through here and, and kind of the Elks reminding us who they are. Ottawa Red Blacks 25, Edmonton Elks 18. The Edmonton Elks, as the Edmonton Elks, are still winless at home. Joe, you said emphatically on this show, this is the, that was the week this ends. Do you want to apologize to the Edmonton fans, Joe? No. Oh, you're I'm not, not the even... one that needs to apologize for that. It, it, <laughs> it was the players on the field that need to apologize for that one. No, I just wanted you to apologize for your guarantee, Joe. Uh, I thought you were going to come at me with some snark and say, you know, I'm sorry your team is the way it is, Edmonton. <laughs> um, I mean, that's also on the table, too, at this point. But it's funny because one week they'll shut. The, it'll look like they've got stuff together. And the next right. week it'll be like, who are, who are these guys again? Right. I know they've been making changes left and right, but like the swing this team has had over the past right. like two months, it's like watching a tennis match. Oh, they look decent. Oh, no, wait, no. Back, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. And then, yeah, they're competitive and then they play BC, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, it's and then they BC. go and smack Ottawa around in <laughs> Ottawa and then they come home to the same really? facing the same team and just. Right. just don't hey maybe Edmonton's not on that bottom tier uh the question is we like to talk about tiers in the CFL the question is do you put um the tie cats on the tier with the red blacks and the elks at this point I don't see how you can't wow really wow wow crazy crazy because all season we've been giving them a little bit more leeway okay so do you put Calgary. All right. How do you tear out the middle three teams in the West and the top two teams in the East? Then? I think Saskatchewan, Toronto, and Montreal are all about the same. Okay. They're going to, they're, 
500 ish they'll drive you nuts either which way you pick against them they'll come out and play really really well they're you, good enough to lose think, you a playoff game exactly they're good <laughs> enough they're good enough to make to give you some hope <laughs> and then the top 3 in the west are the top 3 in the league right now bc depend depending on their quarterback situation could eventually fall into the next layer but they won't fall all the way to the bottom. They got too much no. talent. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I just I just believe they have too much pluck. They they, they have too much. Um, for a team that hasn't won a lot, they don't have any swagger, but they have a lot of uh, bravado, let's say. I, I really like this BC Lions team. I, I think that's a swell, swell team. I, I like them. Um, okay, well, I would put – I would put – than a four tier system if I'm buying you because Winnipeg stands alone, man. Winni- Winnipeg is Win- Winnipeg is something else. I mean, this is th- this is you know this is a this is a sim team. You know, this is a team that you play a a CFL board game league with. You know, I mean, wow, this is just this is this is a great team. I, I just love this team. Okay, so now uh, all apologies to Jim Mora. Let's talk about the playoffs. Joe, you've got some playoffs and errors, and man, these are a riot. Wow. When you can yes. sum <laughs> off the CFL playoff scenarios on the back of a postage stamp, uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. Okay, so <laughs> here's the scenario. Go ahead, Joe. So the scenario is Winnipeg could walk into Regina on Sunday, win and leave knowing they're going to the playoffs, like officially. I mean, if they lose... They still know they're going to the playoffs. It's just not official yet, right? But even if they do that, right? Hamilton, Ottawa, and Edmonton all losing, which, I mean, we were just talking about the tiers, right? right? All three of those teams losing, and Winnipeg still clinches because they can't be caught by any of those three. Okay. okay. All right. So we're going to get to the, the last... I don't know what you want to call it, part of the playoffs and errors in just a moment. But so I thought this was kind of cool because you could actually play this this week if you were a betting individual. Okay, this is kind of funny. So, all right. If you want to play the the bombers back into the playoffs bet. Okay, so what Joe just said, if Winnipeg loses, the Tie Cats, Red Blacks, and Elks all lose as well. So you could parlay the Riders, Argos, Alouettes, and Stamps, which, except for the Riders, is actually not that bad a parlay. Okay. But that pays 742 plus 742. So about 15 to 2. Okay. Now that sounds really good, but the implied probability of that is 11%. And I don't even know if that's 11%. And nine to one, I don't even know if I like those odds. So this is typical kind of sports book trying to rip you off. Now, if you just want the Argos, Owls, and Stamps, that's not a bad parlay. But again, odds are bad here, plus 250. Really good bet. Well, not a really good bet, but a decent bet is... If you take what I call the Bombers emphatically make the playoffs bet, which is you take the Bombers to win and then you take all the other teams to lose that Joe just talked about, 
That's four teams at plus 464. So about nine to two, better than nine to two. Now that's not great odds, but that's a pretty good bet. On the other, other hand, considering the odds of going four out of four in pick them, you probably shouldn't make any of these four team parlays, <laughs> especially if you think they're actually going to win, because that means they're not going to win. At least if you're me. Okay, so... Also, it's Labor Day. Weird crap happens on Labor Day. Well, okay, this is the dogma. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. I want to see if you put your CFL pick them where your mouth is, Joe. Um, <clears throat> however, there is a third part to the <laughs> the playoff scenarios, which I found freaking hilarious. Go ahead, Joe. Tell us this last part. Oh, the part where it says, with the return of... An 18 game season additional playoff qualifications oh. are weeks away due to the competitive nature of the week 12 standings. No, no, I meant the part where it said, uh, East Division, no team can clinch a playoff spot this week. Well, I, said, I mean, really? that's covered in the other part, right? No joke. When you have a team that has two wins and they're still in the hunt, really? You I mean nobody can clinch in week 12? Come on now. I'm sorry, week 13. I'm sorry now. Come on, that's that's really believable. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, credible. It's not incredible. It's credible. Okay, so let's talk about this week's games. I like this first game. I'm wondering what's up here. The Ottawa Red Blacks, a four and a half point, just underdog at Montreal. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe we're thinking the bye week kills the momentum for the Alouettes because again this momentum is pretty surprising you know them beating the two teams they had to beat um and you know or is that a bit of a reflection of the fact that the sports book thinks Ottawa finally has a quarterback potentially yeah but they don't <laughs> I'm sorry the way that the Alouettes uh defense is playing lately I think we're going to get a little reality check on that quarterback in Ottawa so I'm going to say the Alouettes covered this four and a half and they three in a row. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you, but it's Labor Day. Uh Oh, and I would also warn you, it's never one that game. It's never the game you're looking forward to on that, right? Yeah, it's never that big of it. It's never been made that big of a deal it's friday night football on labor day weekend it's yeah. just there right montreal and bc played that for forever and nobody talked about that as a rivalry it'd be really nice to see out one montreal really kick up a rivalry they aren't far away from each other i took a train from yeah. montreal to ottawa it didn't take too long yeah so it'd be really nice to see some bad blood develop there but it it's it's the fourth of the four Labor Day matchups. So right. Right. I don't think I don't think it really applies for the Labor Day causes chaos theory. Uh, so oh, I'm gonna okay. say Montreal, but I will warn you that this is the kind of game that Montreal seems to have crapped the bet in a couple times this year already. Like this is this is a game they should win emphatically. So let's see them finally do that. You're warning me. You're killing me, Joe. You're killing me. It's like I haven't been paying attention. However, I will say this, man. Again, you're raining on my parade, man. I am in the dogmatic state where we've gotten past that. We don't lose games by any means necessary anymore. 
We so don't this is this is the week to prove it. Right. <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. If anything, I could see a three-point game. I could. But again, at this point now, I'm getting confident enough where I think the Alouettes win that game at home, probably with a decent crowd, too. I'm going to forecast. I'm going to forecast because we've had some decent crowds this year. So I'm yep, thinking... Because, because we all expected for... Montreal to be coming into this game with a um, with an estate as the lead owner of the team. Clearly, uh, we did definitely thought Trevor Harris would be starting by now. We definitely had Danny Matosha as a head coach at this point, right? Right. You haven't had any Absolutely. ups and downs this year, right? Nope. No, but it's a long season, Joe. It's a long season that we those, know. And those first four or five weeks. Then we were swapping out coaches and quarterbacks and like everything else. That was just preseason, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Again, I mean, quit raining on my parade. <laughs> show us what you got then. This is the week to sit. This is the week for Montreal to step up. Yeah. Sure. They beat yeah. Winnipeg. They caught they caught Winnipeg. They caught they they stayed in a game and let Winnipeg and forced Winnipeg to make the crucial mistake for once. Let's say it that way, because saying that Winnipeg lost the game isn't fair to Montreal because they kept the pressure on. Of course. Yeah. But like now this is a team you're supposed to stop. So go do it. And then we'll talk. Yep. Yep. This is a taking care of business game. They got to take care of business. They got to do that. All right. Do that. Uh, And we'll and we'll start talking and we'll start looking at that schedule and going, when do they play Toronto? When is the East going to be decided? We'll start talking (laughs) about that after. They stop. Ottawa, if that's going to be the thing. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, just three and a half point favorites at Saskatchewan. They're respecting the Labor Day mystique. Uh, You respect the Labor Day mystique, Joe. You have PTSD from Labor Day's past. Um. You seem to think that the riders are pretty good right now. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is and say the riders are going to win this game? You know what wipes out some of that PS- PTSD? <laughs> winning the Grey Cup a couple of times. <laughs> winning a couple West Finals, winning a couple of the most recent Labor Days. Yeah, this isn't yep. this isn't the type of team that goes. Oh, we're at Labor Day. Let's fold like a cheap. Yes, let's, right. let's fold like a cheap tent. That's right. That's not how this team right. is built. Right now, that does. I'm not going to say that having said that, is incapable <laughs> of having their best game of the year and getting getting a quick early lead, getting the crowd behind them and riding that to like a ten point win. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying that this isn't a Winnipeg team that's going to let that happen easily. So I'm taking Winnipeg because I have no reason not to. Okay. Okay. Um, I would. hmm. Gee, (laughs) it's real tempting to go riders here because it's real difficult. I mean, I don't know if the statistics bear this out, Joe. I believe that they do. It's real tough to go 17 and one. Um, it's never happened before in the history of ever. So yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I meant when I said this. And, and and don't ask Edmonton how sixteen and two goes either, <laughs> or Calgary for fifteen two and one for that matter. Fifteen right. and three feels right. Fifteen and three right. would be great. Right, and and 
you know, I, I, you just feel like these things kind of happen in the CFL. I mean, already Winnipeg's taken out Calgary all three times. They've taken out BC a couple of times. I mean, there's got to be a West defeat here somewhere, right? They so, play three times in four weeks. I mean, this is the game that would happen, is yeah, my guess. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to go out on a limb and take the Riders. The Riders are plus 140 to win outright. That's pretty tempting to throw a few bucks at. So, yeah, what the hell? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to take the Riders. I think the Riders are playing well right now. I think they've sort of righted the ship when they were sort of imploding there in the second third of the season, let's say, or the second quarter of the season, let's say. Um, so so you got yeah. a whole lot of odds in front of you. What are the odds that Garrett Marino lasts through the whole game in this one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. American sports books tend not to have that many offerings on CFL games, so there's nothing like that here. <laughs> oh, come on. All right, what about this bet, though? I don't know if they offer this, but this was at one sports book I used to play at. I used to love this bet in the NFL once in a while. Um, either team wins by five or fewer points. How about that for this game? Yeah, seems like seems like a thing that could... Yeah, that's with a this, fun... With this rivalry, with where it's at, what day it is, Yeah, I could easily see it be that kind of a game. That sounds like a fun bet. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see if they have that. I don't think this sports bet has that offering, but I'll see. I'll see about that bet. All right. Let's go the next one, which is forecast as the closest game of the week. Okay. Argonauts. One point underdogs at Hamilton. Now I don't see how <laughs> I don't see how you can like Hamilton in this game, just all things being equal. Um they, they don't seem to be playing very well lately or at all this season. Uh, they're not rushing the passer. They're not dominating the special teams. Most games uh, like they like traditional Ticats teams do. It's not like the Argos are any great shakes, but, you know, they do have a 500 record if they win this game. So I don't know. I I just I can't. Go with the feeling on this one. I'm going to go with the Argos. The Argos are playing better ball. Okay. And I agree with your, I agree, I agree with your logic, but this is the game I'm going to say Labor Day. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I believe looking, just doing a quick and dirty assessment of how the series has gone so far. Yeah. I've got, so I've got, Plus 14 for the first game, minus seven for the second. So Toronto was up seven points in the point differential between the two teams, and they won by 17. So they're up 24. So they win the tiebreaker if they lose by 23 points or less. Okay. Okay. Now I'll take I'll take Toronto plus 23 and a half. Yeah. That's however historically this has happened before. Okay. Where there's been a game where Hamilton needed to make up a deficit like that. <laughs> okay, but when? 86 East Final. <laughs> so one year they had the goofy, instead right. of having a crossover, they had the two-game total point series. Yeah. And having four teams out West because Montreal and Ottawa were hideous in 86. So mm-hmm. 
hmm, feels like feels kind of familiar this year, but not quite. Um, but yeah, Hamilton was down like 26 in the in the total point series in like the first quarter of the second game and came all the way back at one. So I'm not saying it's impossible either. Right. Well, okay. All right. All right. The mathematics say, look, there's a reason why this game is a one point game, right? The mathematics say that, yeah, it's going to be a close game, blah, 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 blah. But I'm just looking at the football and I just, I can't get around it. The, the argument is Labor Day. That's the, the argument. argument. That's, that's basically all I've got. Right. Is that, because I don't have it. I don't see Dane Evans right in the ship, but who's to say Toronto doesn't drop three interceptions and then they keep going down the field instead of losing, losing the ball. Well, yeah, you can't look, you can't make the argument that, um, this is going to be all about team biology, right? The Argos just haven't been consistent enough. Uh, oh. the, 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 the best run they've put together is two straight games in the bye. Yep. And you if know, there's and that- one, and if there's one consistent thing in the CFL is that labor days, kind of, labor day tends to favor the home teams. Yeah. All right. Okay. You'll, you can go with magic. I'll go with uh, science here. But yep. I mean, it's and I'm it's not usually a, I'm not usually a magic guy. Right. This one feels like with Toronto being the way they are this year of just a little bit inconsistent. I could see them losing this one. Oh, yeah. But you're 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 a magic guy on Labor Day. It's the Halloween and the CFL, dude. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. And finally, uh, Elks at Stampeders. You want to take a take a guess at the line here? If it's not 28 points, I'm taking Calgary. <laughs> 28. Be a long time before you see that in a CFL game. Uh, no, because I think it'll be oh, like four, 40 to 12 is what I'm feeling yep. like. Okay. I feel like Calgary does a BC all over Edmonton in this one. Yeah, why? Just because my Meyer Mayer is going to, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, Edmonton's defense is, Winnipeg's defense couldn't give Meyer much trouble. Yeah. I don't see how Edmonton's defense is going to be any different. Edmonton's offense is not nearly consistent enough to keep Calgary's defense on its heels. Well, yeah, Myers plus the running game, right? I mean, again, it's going like, to be like, this one's going to be over in the second quarter. You can turn wow. it off and okay. go do whatever else you want to do for the rest of your Labor Day. Okay, or you great. can sit there and watch Calgary kick crap out of Edmonton. I don't see it going any other way. Well, I like that advice, Joe. You gave me some great advice last week when uh, basically. I came to the conclusion after listening to you that I should take Calgary plus the points, but Winnipeg to win. So that was great that I played that because it covered my other two stupid bets. And I was glad I remembered that the Edmonton Elks are still the Edmonton Elks because I almost pulled the trigger on Elks minus the points against Ottawa, figuring them finally to win at home. So thank you for that first pick. I kind of like this pick this week too. Uh, Calgary minus the points. It's been a long time since I took a double-digit favorite in either NFL or CFL betting. So that, that might be fun. That might be fun to do this once. But again, just bringing it, bringing this podcast around full circle. Again, just looking at the stabs against the Bombers last game. Jesus, I mean, I mean, if they play like this the rest of the way, they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. There's nobody else that can beat them. They play like that. They play like they they play against the the bombers. There's no way. No, and Calgary same, played. Same thing goes for the Alouettes. Really, I Calgary mean, played Alouettes well play like in that. all three of those Winnipeg games. Of they course. did not have a bad game in any of those. Well, they kind of had a bad fourth quarter 
in that second game. One one quarter out of twelve against the exactly. best team in the league. Exactly. I think I'm okay with that. Exactly. Taking it down the And I'm looking play. I'm looking forward well, I'm not looking forward to the West Final between the two teams. Right. Right. And that's the question I wanted to close you out on. <laughs> the bombers take out the stamps three in a row. How concerned are you that they probably, probably are gonna have to do this again? I don't love it. If they play like they did in the 2021 West Final, Calgary wipes the floor with them. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Right. <laughs> right. Basically, you you are hoping that Vernon Adams turns, you know, the the Lions into the flying circus again because then maybe they could take care of the stamps in the West. Yes, and then let's go let's go right. like tw- let's go 20 below on the West Final and see how well that aerial circus goes. Of course. Oh, come on now. Vernon Adams under that kind of pressure? Dude, this is this is exactly what you want. You want Adams to kick ass the rest of the way for the Lions, get the Lions to the Western Final and play your guys. That's exactly what you want. Trust me. Right. <laughs> let's with that vision of the future for the bombers in mind. Let's sign off the Rouge Right Blue podcast for my co-host. Number one Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan in America, Joe Pritchard. My name is Oz Davis, and we will talk to you next week. And have a great Labor Day. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.